Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I told you, man. Dude, can we just talk about something? Hmm. How amazing is Rush? Um, excuse me. How amazing is Rush? Amazing. 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 I was like, oh, my God. Red Barchetta? Come on. How does Getty still hit those high notes? Voice of an angel. I swear to God, he must drink a lot of tea. Toots. As far back as educated men have recorded their history, veils have been lowered to disclose a vast new reality rents in the fabric of man's awareness. And somewhere in the endless search of the curious mind lies the next vision, the next key to his infinite capacity. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back. And if you are no longer a fan of 38 Special after listening to our last episode, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you... Yeah, thanks for yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, that's been a long-running joke between me and Brett for a while. He was really nervous to come on. I, he wasn't He wasn't what I expected him to be. I actually think he dialed it back a little bit because he was so nervous. Maybe. And I'm talking like I'm Canadian now, where everything I say has a question, like inflection on what I say. That's because uh, I said the mitten, eh? The mitten. Yeah, we were talking off the air, so no one has the idea what you're talking about. That's fine. But um, he was good for that kind of a show. And fans of both our show and Hysteria 51, not Hysteria 51, oh my God. Travel oddities. <laughs> Travel oddities. You know why? Because we're all part of the same family, so it bleeds over. Um. Yeah, but everybody seemed to have a good time with that and everything. It was very raunchy. raunchy. Yep. I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be as raunchy, but it was raunchy, which is why I put the disclaimer at the beginning so people who let their kids listen to the show, like you, wouldn't do it. Mm. Did she listen to the show? Did your kid listen to it? No? Nope. Good boy. boy. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. So, um, moving uh, right along. fucking biscuit or what? <laughs> This is our second attempt at recording the intro to this, because the other yes. one, my microphone messed up. But um, in this episode, we have Adam and Seraphiel, Seraphiel, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing his name again, uh, coming on here from the Conspiranormal podcast. And we basically just clown around in this episode about different conspiracy theories, and we don't talk too much serious stuff, for the most part. I don't think we really do. Um, but they're... Um, they um they listened to our show and uh, for a while Adam was like hey I want to get you on the show and stuff and people that pretty much know me know that I'm not a conspira- conspiracy guy well as Adam phrases it a modern conspiracy guy which he is correct because um, I'm not into the Alex Jones stuff or any of that kind of stuff so I was very leery about it because of the name of their podcast and eventually I broke down and I listened to it after hearing him a few times over on Soraya's show on Where Did the Road Go. So um, I finally listened to them, and yeah, they were pretty cool. I, I really dug their vibe. I really liked the guys. I you know I, I got what they were doing, and then I heard the most recent episode that has to do with somebody going off about how Rush was sending them brain signals, which we talk about in this Ooh. episode. Um, and I think that was the the craziest episode that they had done thus far. And I th- I think they knew that going in, but it, we'll talk about it here anyways. And then afterwards, we're going to ramble on about a few other things, and then we'll call it good. Uh, for the rest of the stuff, we'll see you guys at the other side. So we're just going to jump right into this and, you know, give them a listen and uh, give this episode a listen. And it was a lot of fun. So we'll see you guys at the other side. Yay, we.
All right, so we have the guys from Conspiranormal on here. We have Sarah Fell and Adam Sane, which I didn't actually believe was your last name until I recently found out it was your actual last name. Um, really? Did you think it was a David Bowie <laughs> reference or something? I didn't know. Well, <laughs> I, I use the name Rogan, so you know, my, whichever my real name is Shannon. Everybody knows that at this point, and uh, so I just figured, okay, you know, maybe you're using a pseudonym or something like that because different people do for different reasons. And I'm like, no, that's really his last name. Wow, cool. Yeah. So that's my last name. Now, Seraphiel, that's is that actually your real name too? Yeah, my first name is Seraphiel. Seraphiel, I'm saying it wrong, and I probably will continue to do so because I Shocker. am an idiot. <laughs> it's okay. So you guys host the Conspiranormal podcast, and I was a guest on your show last week, which will be dropping probably next week, and yours will be dropping this week. So in a weird way, you will actually be on my show before I was on your show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It'll probably be about two weeks before we, from the time that we're recording this, it'll be about two weeks when that comes out. So yeah, it's like a relativity problem. Yeah. When will yeah, they I know, be now? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it dep- and it all depends on when everybody's listening to this show. Right. So exactly. Exactly. It may not matter at all. Server. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we're speaking to you from the past. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks here. Hopefully the future it's, is better. It's not. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. When when you, uh, Adam, got in touch with me, you were like, yeah, I host the show Conspiranormal. And I was like, oh, boy, because I'm not a, really a conspiracy guy at all. So I was like, oh, boy, do I do I really want to talk to these guys? Um, you know, I'll be I'll be nice and I'll be cool to them. But because we've had a few we, we've had our share of weirdos that have, have really mm-hmm. bugged us. So, so I was like. We. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, and then, um, you know, you were you were on Soraya's show a few times and I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, these cats are pretty cool. And then I actually went and listened to your show and I was very pleasantly surprised by it that you're not. I, I was expecting Alex Jones kind of stuff. And, <laughs> well, you know, when you hear conspiranormal, I'm a conspiracy. Oh, boy. You know, I was expecting, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, man, I, I really don't know if I want to deal with this. But you guys are really laid back and cool. And I love your studio setup. The studio setup you guys have is a bunch of couches and love seats everywhere with microphones in front of them and, you know, a computer yes. off to the side. It's not like the, this is our recording table and these are our microphones and this is our effects rack over here and this is this. You guys, it's like, wow, man, this just looks like a, a crash pad, you know, with microphones. Those are all of Rob's hand-me-down couches. So, uh, <laughs> it's, we, we, it's we very, get to use those and we smoke cigars while we do it too. So it's yeah, more laid back. It was, it was like, cause you don't, it doesn't come across that way on the air. It, you guys sound like you're all sitting around a table talking with one another, like everybody else does. And then you see the picture and it's like, well, these guys are kind of lounging, man. This is, this is total <laughs> dude action right here. In effect, <laughs> look at, look at these bums. And you it's, know, uh, <laughs> it's interesting that you brought up the name aspect to all this, because I will get people when I ask them to come on, that they'll, especially now, conspiracy has become such a loaded term. Yes. With uh, especially after Trump got elected, and Ugh. as you mentioned, Alex Jones, Alex Jones kind of helped get Trump get elected. So the conspiracy theory now is kind of something that's been seen as like the, the uh, coming from the completely the right wing point of view. But uh, you know, I would uh, I would say that myself and Serfiel, um, he comes from and I come from kind of like an old school kind of conspiracy, not necessarily like left wing, but like people that were out there doing the work back in the 80s and the 90s and really putting in the time when there was no Internet and revealing some of this stuff. So we kind of go back to those 
And we started doing something we've called like uh, book reviews where we're going back to some of those old books and looking at them. So that's kind of how we typify ourselves. Surfiel is a go rightly Adam go rightly fan. That's how he came. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Oh yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this and real quickly. Um, Are you a believer in the Tiffany cult versus the uh, Tuesday? What was her name? Um, Tuesday weld. Yeah. Tuesday. Weld. do you believe that Tiffany is out there saving the world from us from Tuesday weld? Oh yeah, man. She absolutely is. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Good, 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 good. And well, I love got, Adam. That's why she plays all those malls back in the eighties, man. I, I love Adam. He's, he's a great guy. I'm very anxiously <laughs> awaiting his new book. It's supposed to be a for Adamski. Him and Greg wrote it, Greg Bishop. And yes. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. been in the sidelines bugging him on Twitter every week. Like, is it done? Is it done? Is it done? Is it done? So I'm, I'm really waiting for that to come out. Go rightly was one of the first guests. The one of the reasons I made the show really was because I like Adam Go rightly was one of the like top ten people that I wanted to get on. <laughs> the first time we ever had him on, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Lobo, but wasn't he drunk or something like that? Yeah, he was drinking. Yeah, <laughs> like halfway through the show, I'm like, so uh, Adam. Um, are you drunk? And he's like, yes, I am. But he still was a great interview. Like it didn't, it didn't hinder the well, interview you know at what? all. It, to be fair. I think it was probably better. wasn't drunk when we started the call. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. There's I kept sure hearing. He stone though. Nah. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've had him on. Tw- yeah. We had him on another time to talk about the guys that took over the uh, government land thing. Um, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was another. We caught some slack on that one, too. That was yeah. one of the few shows that we caught crap on. But um, anyways, going back to Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for what you guys do, because um, conspiracy now, like when I hear it, I cringe. Like whenever there's a major tragedy, um, like I said, we, I, we might touch on it briefly, like when a school shooting happens, this next school shooting. Um, I frequently say that you can go on and look the look at the conspiracy groups and count down how many minutes it is before false flag, blah, 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 starts mm-hmm. getting posted. And before right. these people put theories up just to draw hits to their site for whatever reason to get ad revenue or whatever. And um, I remember a couple of years ago, I went down to Dallas, Texas, and I was at the spot where John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Was and, that for Paramedia? Yes. And um, – have you ever been to Daly Plaza where, where it happened at? Have you ever seen it? I have. Yeah. Was it what you thought it was going to be when you actually saw it in person? I think pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there was really nothing that really surprised me. It, it was odd for me because like you always see the videos and stuff and it's just, it's on the video. Then when you're actually standing there and you see it, you're like, wow, this is really different. And they got the giant arrow pointing towards grassy knoll, you know, stuff like that. And there's that guy that's there every day of the year selling the videos and it's got the graphic images. I don't think he's there on Christmas. I think that's the only day he takes off. But um, did you go through the tour of the museum? The uh... Did not do that. It was uh, it was kind of a trip where uh, a couple of my friends and I stopped. And I think uh, maybe going through Dallas come in a few weeks and I might stop again and see the museum. But it's standing behind the grassy knoll, standing behind the fence. We did that. And mm-hmm. it, to me, I just was like, this is blatantly kind of obvious that something happened here. Just the way that, you know, you see the cars go by mm-hmm. and you're directly in front of them. I mean, being there is a totally different experience. It was. Than- yeah. Um, 
it was really strange also in a weird way that like at first I thought it was funny, but and then after like I was there with uh, my my buddy Chuck, me and Chuck Brewer were there and he points out he's like, you know, these people are running out in the middle of the road with smiles on their face to stand on the X where our president was assassinated. And I didn't for I was like, you know what? You're right. That is kind of creepy and weird. You know, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. You know, because that road is still open. They still use it, which I was blown away by that, too. I would think that that road would have been shut down and that area would have been, like, memorialized or something like that. I wasn't expecting that road to still be open. But um, I do recommend that when you go, take a tour of that museum because I was kind of on the fence. I, I sort of believed that it was an inside job. And then when you go through that tour, they all but tell you that, yes, this was an inside job. Um which was not what I was expecting because you go, th I was thinking it's going to be because it's a government museum more or less, but you go through it and they point out, they make it a point to point out all of the inconsistencies about how everybody that was involved with it, how they died. They bring up how one guy died by a karate chop. They show the film at one point where they're talking to Congress and the guy's like, yes, it was my opinion that there was more than one gunshot on this and the gunshots are different and blah, blah, blah. And they're showing all of everything in this place is very pro. This was an inside job, which blew me away. That was not what I was expecting at all, especially from. Well, do you know, officially, the government says that it's a conspiracy. That's the final official verdict by the United States Congress from the House Assassinations Committee. But everybody ignores that from the late 70s. It just goes back to the Warren Commission. But the actual official government stance is that Os uh, Oswald did not act alone or there was more than one shooter. So when all of the documents were released this year and there wasn't much in there, much of the stuff was redacted, were you at all surprised? Not really. Neither was I. I figured those have been scrubbed clean, but from what I understand, they, they haven't all of the documents have not all been released yet. Is, is that the case? I think that Trump has to approve some of them. Some of them got held back. Yeah, there's when still some held back. Hmm. Yeah. See, I wonder how sanitized and, and gone over that stuff is going to be by the time it's released and if it's even going to matter at that point. Right. I, so. I think it's kind of, I think, you know, what is it? We're 55 years Mm -hmm. I mean, it's becoming kind of academic at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, my, my opinion is that, yes, it was an inside job that I don't, I don't know exactly what happened and, and I don't think any of us are really truly going to at this point, but you know, I, I firmly believe that it was an inside job as to why, or that's where the muddies, the waters start to get muddy and things start to yeah. go astray. Um, but you know, Roach, and one of the things I've thought about with that, since we're on this subject, um, you know, E. Howard Hunt, he did. Are you familiar with the deathbed confession, so-called, that his son recorded? You know, re I, I may be, but. <laughs> he, okay, so St. Saint, Saint John Hunt, he the uh, E. Howard Hunt's son. E. Howard Hunt was one of the Watergate burglars. He was a CIA guy. He was always suspected of being one of the three tramps at, at Dallas that day. And he, both audio and video, St. John got his dad talking about it. And his dad basically said that there was, he was a bench warmer, whatever that meant. So like maybe he wasn't fully involved, but he was there just in case, I guess mm -hmm. is what that means. So he said that there was a guy named Cord Meyer, a CIA guy, 
and that he was put in charge of this team to kill the president. Well, lo and behold, that um, Cord Meyer's wife, Judith, who incidentally, if you talk to Go Rightly, uh, supposedly did LSD with with uh, Kennedy, cheated on Cord with JFK. So, in my opinion, wait, 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 wait! You're telling it, me that John F. Kennedy had infidelity? Well, I was talking. <laughs> But, but you but you know what but you know what it could have it could have just come down to a jilted husband that yeah. was in a sphere of influence and was carrying up was more than happy to carry out orders from somebody else maybe it just is as simple as that yeah it's it's possible you know it's it's possible it was strange being there and seeing it in real life and everything i, I do recommend going through that tour of the museum though yeah i'm gonna have to go back I want sure. to talk about something here because this is going to profoundly affect all of us, um, probably greater than the whole JFK thing. And that would be the royal wedding and the proliferation of the alien reptilian shape-shifting agenda. <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really our bag. Man. <laughs> awesome. I, I'm, I'm going to just say that they are just lizard people from the constellation Draco, and we'll just leave it at that. How about it? That that works. That's good. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. And the human suits are probably very itchy. I would assume. Yeah. yeah. Though he did. I, I'm sure. I'm sure someone right now has pictures of the royal wedding and is looking at Prince Harry yeah. and his look. New there's bride gills right there, and the skin's covering the frame. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're seeing. The, they're seeing the slits. That actually happened to a good friend of mine, Guy Malone. Someone posted a video of him giving a presentation, and they said that he was a reptilian. And if you look That's real awesome. closely, hilarious. you can see the pupils of the eyes turning slightly right there. Right, It's yes. gone. It happens for a split second, but they were losing control of their ability to shape change. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. The, 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 the chin melted. You know, the cheek kind of wobbles a little bit. Was it David Icke that started that one? I think it. Yeah, yep. that was David Icke, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he really propagated it, and he said that he was influenced by this African shaman, who uh, you know told him the the secrets of the lizard people who came from uh, I think from uh, Sirius or something. Oh, Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> yeah. Sirius B. <laughs> God, man, Ike is such a ruiner. God. You know, well, you hear his theory, and you're like, oh, so you did watch the V television series back in the 80s. Word. <laughs> I like rats, too. They're delicious. Hey, hey I, did, I did see, when I was in Washington, D.C., I did see the mothership. I just want to let you know. So Again, Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. <laughs> it was right there in the Smithsonian. <laughs> right next to Bootsy Collins' guitar. <laughs> Bootsy Collins. Oh, you're for real. They, they actually have... Bass. They actually have the uh, the Parliament Funkadelic Mothership there? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's wow. the uh, Museum of African American History, and they have one all devoted just to culture on one floor, and the actual mothership is up there. That is awesome. Here's a guilty confession. Watching the Parliament Funkadelic live video that's on YouTube is one of my favorite videos to throw on when I'm cleaning house. I'll just, really? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, not not as good as Rush, mind you, but. Um, oh, Christ <laughs> on a cracker. <laughs> I think George Clinton just just hung it up as far as live. He's not going to do any more live performance for a while. So he lives not too far from me. He lives out in Irish. Well, he did live out in Irish Hills, Michigan, for the longest time. He had a place out there. I don't know if he's still out there. 
Um, but for a while he had a big, like, I don't know, he had, he has a big house out there or whatever, what have you. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with him anymore. I used to love parliament Funkadelic again, yeah, not absolutely. as good as rush, not as good as our Lord and saviors, <laughs> Neil Peart, Alex Lifeson. Uh Oh, we just lost, we just lost Adam. I, he's probably tired of hearing about rush. Oh man. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> See if we can get him back. On, I think he was having problems with his computer earlier. Yeah. Well, he'll pop back on. I'm not worried about it. Cool. But, um, yeah, that's talking about P Funk, man. The, the show you guys did with, um, I know you guys probably, I'm not going to expect you to criticize the guest that you had, but the show that you did with the woman that was getting Raven, her name was Raven something, and she was getting uh, messages sent to her secretly through her brain through Rush, I believe it was. <laughs> her um, name was uh, Solaris Blue Raven, yeah. And, uh, that was painful, she, bro. That was she, painful. That was Lobo's and first she, episode with you guys too. But I gave oh, him warning. Man, <laughs> but um, um, I'll give you yeah, guys credit. She, you handled it very well. You you handled because there were parts the in that chance. interview that I could hear you guys pause and kind of cringe. Um, I don't expect you to say anything bad, but I'm listening to this going, "Wow, this is this is the most batshit crazy stuff I've ever heard." Um, and you guys handled it very well. It made for a great show. It did. It, it was a, a great it was, show. It was a great show. Um, what I kind of see, do you, uh, do you remember like in the, in the nineties when kind of along with the satanic ritual abuse stuff, there were a few of these women who were coming forward saying that they were these, uh, monarch, uh, program CIA sex slaves. Yep. Yeah, I do remember that. So the, yep. there were two of them who were particularly pop, popular, and it's almost like a. It, hey, it reminds lost, me of that stuff. Just, yeah. Yeah. Don't right, worry. We got you're, you're cool. <laughs> I just we figured you just dropped out. We figured you dropped back in. I was just telling him that uh, the way that you guys handled the Raven interview um, was very classy because there were parts in that interview where I could hear you guys just like. I could, I could, I could audibly hear you kind of cringe at some of the things she was saying. Now I'm not expecting you to criticize her in any way, um, but that was probably the most batshit crazy show I've ever heard you guys do. <laughs> it's the only batshit crazy I've ever heard you guys do. <laughs> so, anyways, you were saying I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir, Phil. Oh, I was, I was saying that she, her story, like reminds me of that kind of stuff, but with like a new update for the technology. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's really fascinating to me just in that kind of, uh, in that context and in, you know, there being a, a, a history of people coming forward saying this has happened, but it was like this weird updated with the technology of, uh, you know, speculative technology of today stuff. So it was pretty wild. Well, some of that technology, the, she was talking about, artificial telepathy. Now the thing is, right. is um, that, that kind that, that probably does exist. I remember six years ago, Boing Boing, I think it was Boing Boing did an article about how DARPA was experimenting. They would have an implant. They would put just back behind your ear, just below your ear that it would allow you to, that soldiers could communicate telepathically. It wasn't like, you know, ESP. It was artificially created ESP that they were working on a way that yes. you could send signals back and forth mentally. That sounds crazy and far-fetched, but when you think about how um, you have, like, you've got controllers out there, is uh, that you have people playing World of Warcraft with headsets on their head, 
you know, and that was, God, that was probably five years ago that I saw that. I think, Lobo, me and you were talking probably five years ago as well about how they used to have that Jedi toy out there mm-hmm. that you could put on your head and you could concentrate and make the ball move up and down and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. So. Yeah, we all we all think that that type of technology probably does exist in the, you know, in the black world. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that, that has to do with, even though it sounds really fantastic, why we would, uh, you know, we, you know, let her get on and, and tell her story and, uh, yeah, we're pretty, we're, we try to be pretty fair about that with people. Um, You did handle it very well. It, it, uh, we had another guy on that was a, um, you know, claimed to be a Martian super soldier. Oh, I need to find that uh, this, episode. This this was a while back. Uh, this is probably like episode eighty five or something like that. But mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it you know some of these people. I I really have to wonder if they're not some kind of like experiment in and of themselves. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you go. I don't know. I dropped out there for a little bit, but with the lady we just had on, whether or not she. <clears throat> is actually getting it from rush or not, or just made to believe that she's actually getting these messages from rush. I would believe that more than getting messages from rush, but there were it actually could have been that guy that she said it was, but maybe it was just him doing it and just using rush as an excuse. The only thing that, that bothers me about this kind of stuff is, is, and I know the answer, what it will be is I, why would these companies experiment on average people? You know, I get because who's going to believe them? A, I guess, right. um, you know, or B, you know, they, I just I don't I don't know. I just don't understand why companies would because it's not it might, it's not necessarily always the military. A lot of these things are private well, private companies developing this. Tech. Yeah, she, she says that Correct. she's she's above normal. And that's part of her explanation is that she's so uh, uh, into uh, fitness and uh, holistic medicine, holistic medicine, being spiritually armed, you know. And so she thinks it was like a test of the, the capabilities, how far this stuff could go to break down a spiritual, more spiritually awake person. That was. Yeah. Her kind yeah. Of thing. OK. <laughs> um, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just know that our, our Lord and Savior is the Holy Trinity of, of Neil Pert, Alex Lifeson, and, and oh Getty Lee. Oh, my God. Um, will be there for us in our time of need, for the most part. Dude. Well, you know, so, Rogan, you, you, you would say that, but that can make you just part of the conspiracy. You know, there's, you know, it's days like this that I'm shocked I don't drink. <laughs> you know, I, I would love for us to be disinfo agents. And we've put it out there many times. We will gladly disseminate we've disinfo. Tried. You, we've tried. You know, because we, we could use the extra paycheck. Absolutely. Give me that money. I'll take that money gladly. Sure. No problem. Yes. The frogs are our friends. And whatever you want us to say. Sure. Operation Bluebeam, uh-huh. we're on it. <laughs> whatever happened. Remember, you guys remember Operation Bluebeam? You remember that yeah, one? Yeah. Whatever happened, whatever happened to, to it? It's crap. We're, That's whatever. I remember Where's first the, reading about it. The in, Illuminati uh, money. Yeah, I remember uh, first reading about it in the Bill Cooper book, and he was talking about them like shooting holograms of Virgin Mary in the sky in the end times and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Then it all. Who was the one behind that? That he and it was something to do with him and a video game company for the Olympics. And uh, God, I can't. Was it Phil Imbrogno? Who was it? It might have been in Brock. I do not know. 
or was Phil Imbrogno the the guy that said he had a college degree and he didn't have a college degree? I know there's yeah, people it's, out it's more than just him. Yeah, a whole bunch of I know them. there's people listening right now that are just ripping their hair out, calling us idiots because we don't have the names proper. Yes. Which I, I will apologize for that. But uh, after that happened, the whole idea of Project Bluebeam just kind of vanished and, and just went up into thin air for the most part. So um, let's move on to Flat Earthers. Um, oh, no. No. <laughs> Not on bag either, bro. <laughs> That's why I'm bringing this stuff up. So we Just need one to, word. One word. Hilarious. Well, it blows Sad. me. Like it was a real thing at one time, and then I think it kind of came back as kind of a joke thing, and then it just took off from there to become a real thing again. So I'm torn believing if people really believe that the Earth is flat or if people are just like troll. You know, they're like, yeah, we know the Earth is not flat, but we're going to do this anyways because we know it pisses people off. But at the same time, those people have in turn taken other people and said, you know what? I think the Earth is flat. And... Am I making sense? No. <laughs> it's kind of like, we know Slender Man yeah. isn't real, but it turns into, yes, Slender Man is real. <laughs> you know? Two girls stabbed one of their buddies because they thought it was real. How about that? So, yeah, exactly. So are either of you familiar with the claim that Australia is not real? Have you heard about this? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm no. familiar with this. No. No. Yes. So I've got an article here. Flat Earth bombshell shot claim Australia is not real and never existed. We've we've there's a big running joke on our Facebook page where I'll post news from Australia and I'll always preface it with saying since Australia is not real, it'll be like fake cow runs across fake road in Australia, which isn't real because it's not a fake country. Then I'll post the story. But this is a, a conspiracy theory linked to Flat Earth Society forums has emerged after scores of people complain the continent Australia is a myth created by the government. The theory has re resurfaced online after lying dormant since around 2006. I never even heard of it in 2006 when the Flat Earth Society originally floated the idea. Ironic use of words. Some 50,000 people joined the bandwagon earlier this month when Facebook user Shelly Flaird shared a status update explaining why she thinks Australia does not exist. She wrote, Australia does not exist. All things you can prove are actually all things you can you call proof. OK, are actually well fabricated lies and documents made by leading government of the world. You Aust oh. your Australian friends, they're all actors and computer generated personas, part of the plot to trick the world, uh, which means Crocodile Dundee never actually existed, which I'm okay with. That in Yahoo Serious. Uh, the post has since been removed, but not before it gath gathered traction online. Mrs. Fleurd uh, herself later revealed that po uh, the post was shared online as a joke, but conspiracists have found renewed interest and supported the Australian hoax. My only concern here is the Men at Work, Work CD that I have laying around you're telling me that nobody actually recorded this and that Vegemite sandwiches don't exist. So maybe it's from an alternate universe. Region. Yeah. Did you, that reminds Where Australia me Australia actually does exist. Exactly. That reminds me of another thing. Do you guys, did you ever hear of the theory of the guy that had the cassette tape of the Beatles never actually broke up? <laughs> yes. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm cherry picking the worst I can find here, as you can tell. <laughs> You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You know yeah, what, though? Right. That's that's what I like about you guys is that you do approach this with a sense of humor. You know, that you're not 
you're not so invested in this stuff that you, you're able to laugh at this because a lot of this, yeah. much like yeah. paranormal, wow, that's a really large car driving by, much like paranormal, it, it's like the conspiracy world really has a stick up its ass and doesn't know when to laugh. Or when it does, yeah. you have the Flat Earth Society, you know? Well, so, I'm into this stuff because I'm uncertain about a lot of things, not because I think I've got it, you know, I've got mm-hmm. this other alternative thing and that's the answer, you know? So how, how much shit have you guys caught in cotton? That's a word. Wow. There's a word. <laughs> I don't know. I'm new. Ask Adam. How much grief have you guys caught from the stuff that you cover? Do you have conspiracy people writing you all the time saying you're doing it wrong or you need to cover this or. Yes. I mean, that, that, that's a, that's something that has happened quite a few times, but that's not even the, that's not even the worst part. Sometimes there's people that, want to just share their their kind of like political political point of view with us and think that we should take that point of view whether that's from the left or from the right so Um, that leads me to another question go ahead point we had a guy on this was this is a few months ago and guy named augie nost what had augie we've had augie nost he's from denmark is he a jedi (laughs) <laughs> he may be i think that he would like to be thought of as a jedi yes but he had comes up with some of the most outrageous shit you could ever possibly think of like way out there new age kind of stuff the guy the guy is incredibly entertaining and also a very nice guy so he's talking about nazi bases on the moon okay um, that's a classic yeah showing us pictures from Iron Sky, which incidentally we had one of the <laughs> one of the writers of Iron Sky on our show. Mm-hmm. I actually I remember Rogan, you're you're a Leibach fan, right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know I saw them on the Let It Be tour. That soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the Iron Sky soundtracks, pretty rad. So he had uh, he he made this offhand comment that he gets most of his news from RT. So Russia Today. Hmm. So I get this guy okay. sending me a message telling me that uh, we we should have challenged him because uh, he said he got his news from, from Russia Today and said that uh, we were we were clearly still just on the fence, that we, we should take a side and blah 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 blah. Sounded like someone that uh, is not a very not a very pro Trump person. But we tried to not, <laughs> you know, we try to not be either anti or, or pro. It's just that, yeah, we're on the fence on stuff. But again, I, I go you take a side. There, there is a problem. I go back to the interview that you did with Raven, and and we couldn't have done that show. I, I, I think either myself or Lobo would have lost our shit within ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And I give you guys a lot of credit. Even though I think she's out of her mind and I think she was showing signs of schizophrenia that you guys handled it really, really well. Yeah. Um, I've gotten some comments about, I've gotten some comments about that show. Some people said that it was, that it, that it was exhausting to listen to. Uh, other people have, another person told me that uh, they thought it was one of our best shows, which kind of surprised me. But, I, I was just impressed by how you handled it. I thought, you know, because it was like, I, 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 you don't have to say it, but I thought the woman was nuts, which I'm, if she's listening, she's probably going to jump all over our case. But, you know, I mean, because there were times where she would say stuff and you guys would just, you know, you could just like hear a pen drop and you're like, uh, 
okay, well, let's roll on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I still give you credit for doing that because we have a lot of people that say, hey, you need to get this kind of person on the air. And I'm like, you know, we're not we're not going to bring somebody on the show to laugh at them. We, if we're going to bring somebody on the show, it's to learn or have an engaging conversation yeah. to and try I, to I teach people something. Too, that like uh, uh, it, someone told me that and, and someone that I really respect um told me that, you know, I know you guys are entertainment, but it was very painful for me to hear her because she's clearly schizophrenic. And the thing is, I just want to say, you know, we weren't out to exploit her. I was actually really curious about what she had to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that is because of reading Robert Guffey's Camellio and knowing some of the, uh, some of the subjects that he talks about, um, it really wasn't too far-fetched for me to think that she may have had some kind of issue. Now, is she schizophrenic? Maybe. But it, is that a cause-effect kind of thing? Functional. Yeah. Yeah is, exactly. yeah. is it a cause-effect kind of thing where yeah. something was done to her in some way to make her that way? Or was she slightly unabridged before it started and that just kind of pushed her a little bit further? So, right. You know, it's like I was saying on your show, belief is a dangerous thing because once you actually believe something and once you get something in your head, it's really hard to shake that, to, to go through that process of shaking it. And if she yes. really, if she legitimately believes that Rush is sending her synthetic messages and that all of their albums and stuff are about her, you know, it's like, okay, where do you draw the line? How, how does a, how, how do you get to this point? How do you get out of that point? Is there a way out of it? You know, because she's firmly yes. rooted in where she's at. So you kind of want to laugh at her. But at the same time, it's mental illness. So you don't want to laugh at mental illness, which we, we are guilty of doing all the time. But it's not something you want to do, you know. So it's a weird it's it's a weird spot to be in for the most part, you know, in my opinion. But again, the way that you guys handle that stuff I think that's one of the reasons why I do enjoy your show because um, you have intelligent conversations. You don't. Um, it's like you said, you're you're not what conspiracy is now. You're 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 very respectful about the way you talk about things and what you your conversations that you have. You know, and um, let me ask you this though, before I lose track of this, I'm you said that people will talk to you and they'll send you messages, blah blah blah, political. In my experience, and I'm wondering if you see this too, whenever, say, a Democratic Party, someone from the Democratic Party is in power, well, the conspiracy is the right wings. And when the right wings are in power, the conspiracy is from the left wing. I remember yeah. when 9-11 happened, it was, uh, it was all, you know, well, the Bushes are in on this. This is a conspiracy, blah, 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 blah. It seems like whoever's in power, the opposite party is the Illuminati. They're the ones that are pulling the strings. And now it's like you're seeing it here in this election. I don't want to go super crazy political, but you're seeing a lot of that in this election where it's all like the deep state is the new thing. That's become the new Illuminati is the deep state. Yeah, which is funny because that term has been around for a long time. That's not right. a new term. Mm-hmm. It's just that the uh, and I heard it the first Trumpers are right, right, exactly. Like what Peter Dell Scott and uh, I believe Howard Zinn might have even spoken about it. Mm-hmm. And Noam Chomsky. Oh, Noam you know, Chomsky so has been saying it for years. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> is, I mean, the deep state, the deep state term is nothing new, but now that you know Trump is up against this evil deep state, and it's become the catch-all. Everybody yeah. talks about it, right? He's and hiring people from the deep state to work for him. Yeah. 
My my perspective Ugh. on that is that is that more of the liberal left wing people I know have become more and more pro corporate media as time has gone on to where now because of the rise of Trump and everything, those people are like hate conspiracy culture and you know are like so with we need you know this whole fake news things and we we need you know official news and really demonizing everyone else and it's weird to me because I remember when there was a lot of that conspiracy culture in the left also but now to me it seems like it's just yeah. totally right wing yeah and conspiracy culture started in the left really if you really think about it uh, maybe there were some things back in the you know the 1930s the which probably was like full, yeah right but you know the kind of like the the newer kind of conspiracy stuff with like this about the Kennedy assassination the JFK, and the King yeah, assassination right. and Robert Kennedy and a lot of that that conspiracy culture kind of comes out of the 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 left wing, in, for, at least as far as like the '60s are concerned. Mm -hmm. So it's something that more or less evolves depending on the generation or whatever, for the most part. It, and it's a political weapon too. Yeah, it's a very strong political weapon, for the most part. Um, so let me ask you, let me ask you this then, and I'm not going to hold you to anything. What is the main theories out there that you believe actually have some meat to them? Uh, well, I would say probably the three assassinations, the main three of the sixties, um, JFK, yeah. what we just talked about, Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, those, um, I think nine 11 has some meat to it. Mm -hmm. I think there's plenty of other aspects um, like the CIA drug trade, um, you know, the Gary Webb stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely has some something to do with it. And, the and CIA has just, done some pretty wild stuff. That is right. And even just as far as like if you want to go like the UFO conspiracy, I think the entire UFO mythos is something that's that's manufactured just to keep top secret aircraft. Um, you believe obscured. all of them? So you believe that all the sightings are actual government aircraft? Or? Um, I think there's probably some that are genuinely unexplained, mm -hmm. but I think that that's genuinely used to. OK, to obscure. I can I can respect yeah. that. Yeah, that's well, they. They've all but it, they've all but admitted it at this point, <laughs> for the most part. Right. Like Area Fifty One, when people are like, you know, UFOs out at Area Fifty One, it's like, yeah, that is a government testing facility. That that is what they um, do. That they fly governmental craft and stuff. So, you know, it's. it's I'll also go out on a limb, Rogan, and I'll say too that I uh, know um, this may. Well, I don't know. Think about um, it. <laughs> you know, no, go ahead. Uh -oh. Well, I'm not. I'm not big on the crisis actors thing, but there's just certain things about like stuff like Sandy Hook that that makes me think that there could be more to it than just Adam Lanza going and doing the shooting. However, I do believe people actually died, hmm. but I think that the crisis actor stuff has really obscured all that. And I think there's and I think there's disinformation that goes on too, and that's all part of the that muddies the conspiracy waters. See, disinfo's disinfo is one of those things that can be used in so many different ways. Because Absolutely. Just in the nature of it. It's like 
just people putting stuff out there that aren't even involved in it muddies up the waters. You know, it's like it's like what just happened with Facebook with the last election, the whole Russian hacking thing. Not and it's it's everybody interprets it as, oh, they hacked our election and they changed the votes. That, that's not what they meant is the. Yeah. The perceptions and opinions and things like that were easily swayed by news that was put out there because I watched it happen in person. I have a guy that that I was working with. Mm. And he was very, very pro-Trump, and he would be reading articles that were fake news, that were blatantly fake news, and he would just go on his rant. Like, there was one of them that actors are threatening to go on strike if Trump gets elected. And I'm like, that's a fake news story. There's nothing to that. I'm like, look at the source. And he, he didn't even care. He was getting news that he wanted to see that was making him angrier and, and making him, you know, just – and that was that was like a mass hysteria kind of thing that how it worked. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was in a similar um, situation. I, I saw that too. And you see it happening in front of you and you're like, slow down, look what you're doing. And it's like, no, no, no. Uh, and it's just, it's like, wow, man, this is, this is really happening. And even when, even when, you know, I, I don't want to say the smarter people, but like we're, we're kind of, we're all kind of informed because we pay attention to what's going on that when you see it happening, you're, it's, it's kind of like you're on the outside looking in at these people and it's really strange and bizarre to watch it happen. You know, you're seeing it take effect and you're like, wow, this is legitimately real. These people are freaking out about stuff that they can't even news that they can't even confirm, you know, and you can see it happening on Facebook right. and you're like, this is a and, fake news story. And it didn't matter. And just le- and just reading a headline, not even clicking on it to read the article. Most people on Facebook, it was proven that they just read the headline. Yeah, it happens on our Facebook and, page all the time. And, and nobody, <laughs> is, nobody is really hopping on. The fact that what the, what Russia was also doing, because you know, I honestly think, you know, hey, Russia preferred Trump. They preferred him for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect of what Russia was doing was they were trying to just sow dissent because they were also um, getting on a left wing side. Oh, yeah. As well, yeah. The and whole purpose was to destabilize the election. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they were. Uh, they're, even before that, they were making fake Black Lives Matter rallies <clears throat> for people to meet up. And people would go to these things and try to figure out who but who did it, uh, who organized it, and nobody could ever figure it out. Well, we know now that it was Russian bots that were doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, so it wasn't just about – it wasn't just about uh, getting Trump elected. It, there was a lot of psychological warfare aspects to it as well. See, the real scary thing is when the next election comes up, what they've done on a subconscious level is undermine the whole process of how people think about what they're going to vote and how they're going to vote. And I'm real curious to see how we we recover from it and how we do it. Oh, somebody's got some pussy. Um, what? <laughs> who's got the cat? <laughs> Okay. Um, this is probably not a show that kids should listen to. But anyways, um, are any of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm real curious to see how what happens next. What ha- how how do people now that we know that this stuff happened? Because there's still people that refuse to admit that it happened, or they know it happened, but they won't talk about it. Honestly, so, I don't think it, I don't think it matters because I mean, people they don't even have. Half the people I remember, you know, reacting to the fake news in the same kind of way like you saw, they don't even really understand the current state of Russia and the history of Russia since the Cold War or even have a backdrop of that. So it's like, I mean, it doesn't even matter, I don't think. 
Yeah. And then you have the other side. Well, look what the CIA does. Look what they do. And it's like, nah, that's that's part of what that's that's part of what this is. You're feeding into that. <laughs> You're yeah, feeding no, into, into that. that cuz I'm a big Cold War buff and like seeing that, you know, we we had physical arms races, but we also had these uh, uh mental arms races and in, in particular with, you know, mind control and destabilization, all these things. And we were, you know, up to par on those things. Mm-hmm. Even if they fell behind militarily, you know, in physical hardware, but they're still, you know, you still have these giant economies in both places whose whole existence was to just, you know, fight the Cold War. And now these mm-hmm. everyone's just ramping back up. You know, you have whole societies of people just ready to get back to their jobs, you know, and it makes it even <laughs> there, weirder. There was a lull for a while. Yeah. You have people that are in government positions that don't even fully understand how this stuff works and how it happens. Like when Zuckerberg was being drilled by by Congress. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they're just sitting there lost asking him questions and you know, whether you agree with what Zuckerberg is doing or not, you can see on his face, like these people don't understand how this works and what's going on here. Well, because exactly as I would have expected data to react. So exactly. So anyways, um, Let's talk about um, your experiences. Let's start with you, Adam. You said you had a couple of experiences. I'm always curious when people get into the stuff. You guys, however, are not you're not strictly paranormal. You're not strictly conspiracy. But when people get into this stuff to the extent that they get into, it's usually because either they're coming at it from a skeptical viewpoint and they're very stout in their beliefs or they've had something happen to them or they want something to happen to them. So you guys had something happen to you. You both have had experiences. So, Adam, go ahead and whatever one you're you're cool with. Well, so, you know, the normal in conspiranormal, a lot of people were saying that, oh, it's just because conspiracy is normal now. That wasn't my intention. Uh, Normal is for paranormal. So that's the other aspect that we talk about a lot. And it has an eye for Illuminati. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) and somebody said that also it could be like for spirit, but, um, so it's, it's very multifaceted, um, layers upon layers and meaning. Uh, so my story, my big story, a lot of stuff happened to me when I was a kid. Um, so my parents, when they had me, they actually, my dad was actually renting from my grandfather the house that he grew up in. So, when I was about seven years old, I wake up in the middle of the night, and there's like this old lady in the corner of the room just looking at me. And from what I remember, I fell asleep. And that was pretty much it. I had the kind of like this weird dream that I was with the weird lady, uh, the old lady. And there was this like old guy in a bathtub and then like the sensation of a house being on fire. But I remember that kind of as a dream. And I remember seeing her and falling asleep, which I didn't think about that aspect until I heard Mike Cleland talk about seeing the three figures outside in his driveway and then falling asleep. So like the whole thing of seeing a ghost or seeing an alien or, and then falling asleep is actually a very common thing. Um, so fast forward to about 
when I'm 14 years old and we're in Virginia Beach, Virginia, visiting my aunt. And my aunt, my dad's sister, grew up in that house. And my mom is telling her some stories about being in the house, uh, one of which I'll tell you in a second. But my aunt says, yeah, I had an experience there too. I woke up, I looked into your dad and your dad's and your uncle's room, which later was my room about 30 years later. And I saw an old lady sitting in the corner and hmm. I just didn't move. This didn't do anything. And eventually she went away. And so, we, and then I looked at my aunt and I said, I saw that too when I was seven. So it was like this, uh, um, kind of cooperation of what I had seen seven years earlier. So that was a, an interest, an interesting story. Uh, my mom, she had seen a couple of things in that house. She had, uh, she'd woken up one morning. She's kind of half asleep. She walks into the kitchen and she sees this, uh, little boy standing by the stove and she thinks it's me and she reaches out to touch the kid and it disappears right in front of her. And of course she goes and sees where I am. And of course I'm still asleep. So there's some weird things in that house. It was very old. It was probably about, I think it was probably built in like the early 1900s. So, and I got to ask you, did you do any kind of a history search on the house to see who the people were that you might have saw? Um, no, they could probably still do that. The house isn't there anymore, and it's actually in a different town than where I am now. But um, I do know that my grandfather, when they bought the house in the early 50s, they bought it from an older couple. So was it them? I, I don't know. Hmm. But you assume that the house was probably at least lived in for 50 years before they actually bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the oldest houses on the street. So did either one of um, So in both instances, it didn't interact with you. It was just something they were playing through what it was doing. It seemed like that, yeah. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I've heard of that many times. That's not that's not mm-hmm. that off the beaten path. There's the theory that these things are just imprints that replay over and over and over again, you know, and uh, which I'd like to see, you know, <laughs> it, it'd be like, oh, OK, this is cool. It's like a movie. Let's sit here and eat popcorn. No, let's go up and talk to it. Nah, I ain't going to do any good. Let's just sit here and watch what happens. You know, we're in the show now. Oh, it's over with. All right. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a hologram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For the most part. Um, I like that theory, but a lot of times it seems like uh, with people's experiences, they say that it seems to have some kind of independence and intelligence. You mean like and it, that? That gets freaky. Yeah. Well, like it responds to your stimulus. It, you know, they communicate or whatever, you know, that I'd really like to think it's just some kind of, you know, weird time mirror thing. It could be it could be both, you know, because I've heard a story. Right. Well, actually, you guys had John Tenney on your show and yeah. uh, I run into him because he's local for me. So I run into him maybe once or twice a year at different events and so forth. 
And he has an event that's like inside of a bar in Royal Oak, Michigan, where he sits and he tells stories, you know, right before Halloween. And he tells a story of a house that he went to where there's this old woman who um, sees these children that are there. And, you know, she's she's not worried about them or whatever, but she's just interested in the children. And then something else happens with the story later that he finds out that there was these kids that used to live there that used to see an old lady. And what what it is, is they were kind of seeing each other through time is what the crux of the story is. And they both thought that the mm-hmm. other was a ghost for the most mm-hmm. part is how the story goes. And he's he's told that story a few times. But I've heard that theory as well. There's a story about a guy walking across the field and he runs into somebody else who's wearing very different period clothing. And he says, why are you dressed so strange? And the guy says, why are you dressed so strange? And then they kind of just look at each other oddly and walk away from each other, you know, and then, you know, the one guy fades or something like that. So you got to wonder, it's like, are these two people in some kind of a weird time flux that are seeing each other from separate points in time? Kind of like me being on your show next week, even though it was recorded last week, and you guys are on our show this week, even though it was recorded a week from now. <laughs> Whoa, dude, give me the bong. <laughs> wow. It all makes sense. <laughs> Does it, though? Well, there was that Ghost Hunters episode, if that's real, uh, that I always have to uh, kind of caveat that. Mm-hmm. But, it, like, remember they were in some someplace in New Hampshire, some large mansion. And they apparently were talking to some woman that was saying, yes, I can. They were asking you the whole thing of like, do you, can you hear us? Can you hear us? You know? And apparently she was answering back. Yes, I can hear you. Where are you? You know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there oh. definitely, there, there could be some kind of, you know, like just a time slip kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've often wondered that because like, I, well, I told you about my experience with my EVPs when I was on your show about whatever it was saying yeah. time for you to get a watch. And yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that's that was one of the, it was like I didn't really it didn't freak me out. That I got an EVP. It was like, how does this thing know I'm going to ask a question and why does it have a sense of humor? It's supposed to be dead. So I've often wondered, was there a guy just sitting around saying, you know, what time is it? You know, and the guy was like, I don't know, time to get a watch or whatever, you know, and just hear a voice out of nowhere. And it's us talking to him from someplace else or whatever. It's it's one of been it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't I don't know if there's an afterlife or what the afterlife is or if people are interacting with something from the other side is it actually a ghost of a person or is it something that thinks it's a ghost is it a remnant of something else um, there's all these weird questions because first you have to establish do ghosts exist depending where you are on the belief scale okay if you do believe something is then what is it that we're that what is it that's coming through the veil I'm getting rambly. <laughs> Mm. So, all right, uh, Seraphiel, what's your what's your story? What's your story, kid? Probably the weirdest one, the and the one that was experienced by someone else also at the same time was uh, I was hanging out with like one of my best friends. We were in his backyard. It was nighttime. We're hanging out on this picnic table, and he had like some the the back of the yard was kind of unkempt. It had a bunch of bushes and stuff, and we heard this like was rattling back there all the bushes and we just saw this white bright ball of light just like shoot come shooting through the yard and like go through the fence and it would have on the trajectory it would have passed some people who were on the front porch at the time so we're like we both just as soon as we saw it looked at each other like what the hell was that 
and then took off running towards the front where some other people were. And we're like, you guys see that shit? What the fuck was that? And uh, no one saw anything. And we're just like bugged out, man. No idea. Uh, It was really weird. And I don't know what the hell it was. Was was it before or after a storm? Uh, There was no storms. Yeah. Not ball lightning row. Not again. Okay. I mean, it was like, there was like, you know, like, the bushes started rattling and it just like came through and it's, it's weird. I don't know. How big was it? How about, how big was the ball? I mean, I guess just like a one or two feet, you know I mean? Oh, just, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Large. It, it was like a, yeah, it was like, uh, you know, it was like a beach ball or something. Did it do anything oh. to the fence in any way when it went through the fence? Did it make it glow? Did it, did it, I don't know the if ball it rattled. Up? No, no, okay. I don't. Which is weird because, like, why would it have, like, moved bushes around but then didn't have a – maybe it went over the fence. I don't know. It was just like a streak, you know. It was like, you know, and, and I, I wasn't really being the rational one. Uh, my buddy was, and he was like, maybe it was like a someone's shoe had, you know, some reflection on it or something. And it was, it was reflecting like, light from Venus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like <laughs> – yeah, I mean, there's some street lights around and stuff, but I was like, dude, it – it wasn't like a person. It was like, I don't know what the hell it was. It's pretty weird. But did the people uh, on the, the front porch thing. where it came from actually see it? Or was it just you guys? No, no. Yeah, just us. We ran up there to see, you know, if, if they saw it too. But no, it would have passed right by them if it was still going straight. But like, who knows what the hell it was? It's so hmm. weird. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. See, I have to yeah, ask ball lightning because I've seen ball lightning twice in my life. And yeah, yeah. Ball lightning, if you see it happen, is is pretty bizarre in itself, you know, because they're they're not entirely sure what causes ball lightning, but the science has finally accepted, yes, ball lightning is real. It actually exists. But this Um, is basically like waste level, you know, shooting through a yard uh, for at least, you know, like 50 feet. I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen ball lightning do that, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not saying what you saw was ball lightning, but it, you know, that's, it's a possibility. I hope it was honestly, because (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there to see it, but yeah, it's, I remember when I first saw ball lightning, it was very, very freaky. Uh, I'd like to see that too. It like the first time we saw it, it was, we're at a buddy's house. He had one living room in one part of the house and they expanded on the house and they built another living room at the other end of the house. And there was a good hallway that was probably about, I don't know, 30 feet, 40 feet. And uh, I think we were watching Blazing Saddles and where the one in the house had the a fire pit. It had a, uh, sorry, a fireplace in the wall. And this blue ball of light just shot down the hallway, not going super fast. And it hit the brass pokers on the fireplace and it glued for a second and it was gone. And me and my buddy were like, whoa, what the hell was that? We didn't know what it was. And his dad was a southern guy. And it was very calm. And he was just plastic. He's like, he's like ball lightning. And, and he doesn't even doesn't even stop flinching to watch the TV, like doesn't even react to him. And we're like, I, I got I think I was 12 or something. And we're like flipping out because we were like really in the D&D and Star Wars and all the stuff that kids are into. And we're like, whoa, what the hell was that? And then when I saw it again the second time, it was probably 10 years ago. We were driving up to a paintball tournament in Toronto and it just flew down the road past us. And again, the same reaction. But again, the car was flipping out. And I was I was my buddy's dad. I was like, yeah, that's ball lightning. Because you know, <laughs> it that, is. That's that sounds like it. That sounds very similar. 
Yeah, it just it just kind of goes. It just and then it just dissipates and it's gone. But when you have ball lightning, you got to have a storm, though, right? Does you have to have uh, like a atmospheric condition? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah, because the theory is is that it's an electromagnetic anomaly yeah. that just forms it's interacting with the ground too maybe yeah it's and it's 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 usually when you have high humidity or when weather fronts are moving through it's not necessarily a storm that causes it well they don't entirely know what causes it to be honest with you um, they're working on it yeah there's there's lots of like if you go on youtube and type in videos for for ball lighting yes i know most youtube videos are fake um, but you can, you know, like when you see ball lighting, you can tell what it is. There's all kinds of like, there's ones that are zigzagging out of the ground and flying, flying through people's yards and stuff, but it is now an actual real scientifically accepted phenomena. It doesn't make it any less strange, creepy, or weird because it is bizarre to see a ball of blue or green light just flying by. Um, but it's, that's why when people talk about the brown mountain lights or all these lights or stuff off in the distance, though they are creepy and weird, I think that there is some kind of natural phenomena that we just don't quite understand yet how it works or what it is, you know? So, you know, I'm not, but it would definitely fit into all the UFO stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could. Some, some, some experiences could be, or some, you know, some ghost sightings could also be explained in that way or another, but there's. You know, I've I've had people tell me stories about how they've walked into a room and books have been stacked up to the ceiling, and things like that that don't make any sense. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 one of those things. But you know, me being the way that I am, I try it's I try to go to the most rational explanation and then go out from there. But the difference between me and skeptics is I finally reach a point where I go, well, that can't be explained. <laughs> and well, it's I've got weird. a little ghostly encounter I could kick. Go ahead, quick. sure. Uh, Throw it at us. I was on a sixth grade field trip to Washington, D.C., and we went to some, uh, I forgot what it is, like an old colonial town outside. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was known to be haunted, I guess. You know, our tour guide was saying some stuff about that. So I probably was primed already. And we go into this graveyard, and there's this, like, unknown soldier grave, and it's got these big, this fence with these big spikes around it. And I'm, like, messing around, you know, with other kids and stuff, and I'm acting like I'm, like, impaled on the spikes, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I come up and then like, it's like, I felt like something go going through my arm. Like I can't explain it like numbness or like this weird, just felt like a field or some weird shit and just like freaked me out. And it felt like something like was like touching my arm. And it was, that was, that was pretty scary. Like, Wow. I have no idea what that was. Maybe I just pinched a nerve, you know, or something, you know, hanging over the fence. That's the only other explanation I could come with. But it was like a very strange sensation I've never had before. Have you ever been to Gettysburg? And since. No. I've oh, always. Have. Is, there's always reports of ghosts and stuff there, which I don't have a problem believing that because of the amount of bloodshed and everything that happened there. It just leaves a mesmia, I think. You know, it just kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say it pollutes the area, but. We've got a lot of that around here, too. Where right. are you out of again? Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. yeah tons, of battle, tons of battlefields in Tennessee. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to one of these battlefields. And, you know, Lobo and myself are people that want to go and have experiences. Lobo more so than me. Like, I think if yeah. I were to see a ghost, I'd be like, okay, I'm cool. I'm getting out of here. Whereas Lobo would try to walk up and fight it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I look for stuff like that. I'm yeah. stupid, apparently. So well, We've got tons of places just in the city and outside of the city where there's been, you know, 
you know, in one place, hundreds or thousands of people have died. So it's pretty hot, you know, if you're looking for that. I straight. I, I do and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, tell about where we're thinking about going, Sergio. Where is that? The oh, train, that went well. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. There's this, there's this, uh, the biggest railroad accident in history to that point. I think it was it 1914 or 18. Uh, I think it was 18. So, yeah, it's 100 years anniversary. Yeah. We got this thing. Uh, was it the Dutchman's Curve or something? And uh, this train, I guess, got derailed and, you know, a few hundred people died in just a matter of minutes. So uh, it's supposed to be, we're going to go there with one of our ghost hunting buddies. Is there like such a happy place? <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a greenway now in a little park, and it's right yeah. behind a hospital, and nobody knows. I, I had no idea till till Sergio told me about mm. it. But uh, yeah, and nobody knows that even any of that even happened. That's back there. So there's yeah, not a lot, a lot of reports of, of it being haunted then. areas. We got a lot of little wooded areas that have become greenways now. But when I was growing up in like the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, you know, being kids, we'd go off to the, you know, little ducked off places and wild places and stuff. And uh, I remember walking through that kind of area and it felt, it felt weird. And I didn't know anything about the history till way later, but it, it it's kind of eerie. <laughs> are there, are there reported sightings of ghosts and stuff around that area or whatever? Or we don't know. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that would seem like a cool spot really to go investigate. Yeah, it wasn't really inhabited. There's still some train tracks there and stuff, but it's like, you know, just this little, was this little wooded area behind major parts of town on the side of a golf course. And it's not real well known, huh? No, no. That'd be yeah, cool. There's also, there's also an interesting stained glass window that uh, Sergio took me to see that uh, he can tell you about as well. There's some interesting stuff in Nashville. It has an interesting history. Yeah, check out that Hidden History of Nashville episode. We talked to a guy who was the editor for the Tennessean here, and uh, you know, we got a lot of history of a lot of, uh, a lot of characters. This one guy, Ben Allen, was this noted spiritualist, and his widow has this funeral home that has this weird like Cthulhu looking uh, <laughs> eye of Horus mashup like it's the weirdest stained glass creepy thing I've ever seen like and uh, I always wondered what that was too when I was younger just walking by it and then I found the history of it and it was like yeah there's probably all kinds of weird seances and who knows what you know in this little in this mansion that became a uh, or not this mansion but this big house that became a funeral home later Wow, how fitting that it would have that kind of a stained glass window and become a funeral home. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's weird, weird stuff. It's on the corner of uh of Centennial Park, which is like the biggest city park in Nashville. Huh. All right. Well, um, we're gonna let you guys go. Uh, but do me a favor and don't hang up. Um where can people find you? How how do people find your show? I'm assuming it's on all the podcast aggregators and so forth. Yes, um, it's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It is. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's on Google Play, but I it may be because I did do that at one point. Um, but you can find it. You know, we're on several different networks as well that pick up our show. Uh, but mostly, you know, go to Conspiranormal, C O N S P I R I 
N O R M A L at uh, on um, Podomatic or type that into like a, your iTunes, whatever catcher that you use, um, Stitcher, uh, I, uh, the uh, iPod uh, podcast app on your fo- iPhone if you have one. And uh, we're also on YouTube as well. If somebody is not a conspiracy person, what would you say to them to get them to listen to your show? I would say that there's plenty of other material that we cover that has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with conspiracy, uh, such as the paranormal, such as strange, spooky stories. And also just come with come to it with an open mind as well. Good enough. Well, guys, thanks for coming on here, and thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to you, because when I was like, what am I going to talk to these guys about? And it actually turned out pretty well. <laughs> cool, Ooh. cool. There's my yeah, foot hitting absolutely. a whole bunch of bottles. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good to talk to you, too, Lobo. <laughs> Are you Telling sure? You, you need to have him on. You need, you need to bust him out of He's his show. Some- He's got some awesome stories too, man. I've heard. Yeah, my need, life is broken. I need to get him out of the quote unquote paranormal house more. So <laughs> the <laughs> podcasting <laughs> house. <laughs> All right, guys, you take care. Um, you know, it's it's been fun. We'll do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. See ya. Peace. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast. Have you been bludgeoned to death with Ted Bundy stories? Are you choking on too many Hillside Strangler podcast episodes? As awesome as those are, cleanse your palate and add something new to your true crime diet. Why not try some Dark Poutine, a podcast from north of the 49th parallel? We cover Canadian crimes and dark histories. Some of the stories you may know nothing about, but they beg to be told. And with Canada being the biggest small country on the planet, we even have personal connections to some of the crimes and history we chat about. Join two real live Canadians every week as we serve up another helping of dark poutine. We are substantially creepy, sometimes meaty, always cheesy, but very rarely sorry. So come on up north and fill your ears with some dark poutine. Take a walk on the dark side. The song Highway to Hell was also used as a secret weapon by the United States Armed Forces in their invasion of Panama. The U.S. troops played the ACDC anthem at full volume to help hasten the surrender of Panamanian Manuel Noriega. When told of the U.S. strategy, singer Brian Johnson answered, Now we'll never play for the Pope. Take a walk on the dark side. Rock and roll myths, legends, and curses on Audible and iTunes. I'm trying to use the phone! Here goes. This is Arnold. Thought I'd give a call. Didn't know what to say, so I've used a poem generator. This is called Ode to the Crocodile, a sonnet by Broadock. My crocodile, you inspire me to write. How I love the way you bark, hoot, and eat. Invading my mind day and through the night, always dreaming about the springy cheat. Let me compare you to a calm cafe. You are more quiet, yellow, and random. Soft breeze flaps the textbook dancers of May, <laughs> and the springtime has the vernal grandam. How do I love you? Let me count the ways. I love your ankle, eyelashes, and lip. Thinking of your eyelashes fills my days. My love for you is the clinging sheep dip. 
Now, <laughs> I must away with a sweetie heart. Remember my great words whilst we are apart. Bye. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. So, fun guys. The funny thing is, is after we got done talking to him, I was still on with him for, I think, another 45 to 50 minutes just rambling away. Alcohol may have been involved with that. So, I had to bump. Yeah, you did, which I, I kind of expected because we were running a little bit long on that. And uh, we had a very humorous and very funny conversation after the show for quite some bit. So, yeah, go check them out. Go find their podcast. Um, As far as, as conspiracy podcasts go, they're... I think they're probably the only one that I listen to. And they don't, they, he's right. They don't just cover conspiracy. They cover a lot of other stuff. They're just kind of, you know, the every guy that's, you know, out there mm. just doing whatever they got to do to make a living and stuff. And they have real casual kickback conversations. They, they don't go too off of the beaten path. Um, they're listenable, you know. But um, yeah. having said all that, um, I was going to read a full article, but I'm not. I'll just bring it up in passing mm-hmm. here. Um, the woman that was mauled to death by seven dachshunds. Wieners! <laughs> I don't want to laugh. by wieners. I don't want to laugh, but how... I wanted that to be fake. <laughs> so did I. I really thought it was. I, I brought it up to somebody there, like, is this on the onion or something? And I'm searching, I'm searching. I'm like, no, this is real. This woman really see, got taken out by a pack. I, I could see wolves, wild dogs, coyotes. Yeah, but see, so many people shit pigeons. all over large breeds. Pigeons. How was the last time someone you know was killed by pigeons? When was the last time you know somebody was taken out by by dachshunds? You know, (laughs) never. It's a new one to me. Maybe an angry mob of chihuahuas. You know, twenty chihuahuas. You know, maybe chihuahuas are assholes. I mean, well, dachshunds can be too. You know, yeah. Small, any small dog like that can be, for the most part. They've all yeah, got that in them. Small breeds are usually yippy little monsters. But I I just don't see a pack of roaming dachshunds. Well, you know, taking somebody out. I know they were they belonged to somebody else, and the person wasn't. I, I, apparently, the person wasn't taking care of them or something. I I really don't know the full story. I just Good job. I know I didn't want to. I was going to rip the article, on here, but no, I was going to do it. But me and you were like, you know what? We'll just yeah, no. you know whatever. We'll just fly through it. But still, you know, how do you? I don't know. That's that's like getting taken out by a mob of angry guinea pigs or something. I don't know. I, I there's, again, there's probably people out there right now listening to us ripping their hair out. So now are we going to have an uprising of of people trying to take out, you know, dachshunds the same way they do pit bulls or something? I don't know. That's never. That's not how it works. So let's move along and get this going. You put up in the Facebook page, hey, post some questions and I will answer them. People respond to you. It was we, so you know we're we're both gonna take some of these questions that we're gonna answer. Here's them. the thing: you put a post up in the Facebook page. Hey, call into the show. People call into the show. I post up. Hey, call the number for the show and leave some voicemails. Nobody ever does. We mm-hmm. do get a couple of emails here and there, and we've we've picked up some stuff. 
but we don't get voicemails. So you like, hey, put some emails real boy and uh, do a voicemail and then read them on the air. And, you know, and people call and leave voicemails. And now you're like, leave some questions and, and I, I didn't will. No, I sounded and, like Throg. And I thanks. will answer them. It's Strong Bad. But I, I, <laughs> somebody out there right now is, is, wow. is having a field day. Strong Bad. There's a throwback. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's wow. where the whole email thing came from. Wow. That joke. Anyways, that, oh. actually, one of the voicemails we got was a Strong Bad email. <laughs> voicemail, I mean. <laughs> got to make a cake. Anyways. Um, well, on. May 8th, I asked people, ask questions and we'll answer them. And the first person that asked the question was Jamie Babel. And it says, what is your favorite book you read for a show with an author? Who? That's tough. That's tough. Uh, I, I would probably say it was the um, American Monsters. Linda Godfrey was the first one that comes to mind. Uh, Adam Gorightly's Historia Discordia is another one that pops into my head. Mm. These aren't in any specific order of favoritism or like that either. Victorian Book of the Dead. Victorian Book of the Dead is up there. Absolutely. I still read that book all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, her, uh, her other one, The Ghost Wore Black, is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Callie, Kalanda Usher. Yeah. She's a great author. We had her. You know what? I honestly uh, never finished that one though. I started reading it, and I don't think I ever finished it because something else came in, and I started reading that one instead. But I don't remember what the book was. Um, Then there's Kelly Bonansky. I have her new book. We got to get her on for that. Yes. Um, Dude, that's tough. There was Greg Bishop's book, the one that I got from him. Um, Yeah, there's a few of them because we actually. Then there's freaking uh, uh, Ben Radford. Oh yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, we we really do read the the books for the people we get on the show. We yeah, know, well. and sometimes it doesn't work out because there's a lot of like we don't get our books sent to us for free very often, very rarely. So we actually have to buy them, which is where the, you guys with the Patreons come in because your Patreon money helps to pay for the books. So there's many times where I'll buy a book and then I'll contact the author or usually you contact the author and say, hey, you know, will you come on my show? And if they do, you got to, you know, they want to do it very quickly. So you have to get the book real quickly. So what, I, what I've done is, OK, I'll buy the book, read it, and then I'll ask them if they want to come on the show. Right. 60% of the time, they normally don't, <laughs> you know, or like you have like well, I was talking with uh, with the guys on Conspiracy Normal. I'm like, you know, Nick Redfern, I've talked to him several times about coming on. Nick even mailed us a book. And then every time we've contacted him, he's completely blown us off. I didn't take that personal. I just know he's a busy guy. So yeah, like wicked busy. I've gotten to a point now where it's like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother him anymore. It's, I'm not even whatever. You know, it's not a thing. I'm not worried about it. But we do read a lot of, you know, most uh, pretty much every author we've had on here, we've read their book to, you know, so we know, A, what kind of questions to ask them and B, not to ask them the same questions that they've had on other shows. You know, I got a couple of books here from Stan Friedman that I read and then we had him on the show. I didn't ask him any questions from the nope. books at all. Nope. <laughs> it's tough. So, I mean, we get a then, lot um, of good we have quality people that come on. And then you had the one with the weird Connecticut. You know, I had to set. That's the other problem is because yep. me and you live so far apart. I don't have. I, it's not always a matter of just buying one book. Sometimes I have to buy two books and send them out to you, which yep. was the case with the freak show book, which I can't remember her name. That guest was like, yeah, I'll come on your show. So we had to buy two copies good of that book. book, though. It's a good book. Yeah, but I that book was like 45 on. bucks. Yeah, <laughs> and I had to buy two of them. 
Uh, and then when she's like, okay, I'll come on. And then she got the times confused because she thought we meant 10 a.m. And even though the email, you know, we went back and forth and finally she just, you know, wrote us off. She's like, no, I'm not doing this, whatever. And I'm like, well, it says right here, 10 a.m. I'm at 10 p.m. in the email on Saturday. And she's logging on at 10 a.m. and we're not there. So, yeah, you know, there's there's been a lot. There's There's been a lot of people that we've read the books and actually gone through. And many times they're actually impressed, like, wow, you really did read my book. <laughs> yeah, well. Then there's Kutch, of course, you know, Kutchin's yeah, books. Yeah, I mean, Kutch, Kutchin's, I don't yeah, we know, can't man, even he's... put him, I mean, we we can't even mention him here in this, because he's not just like some author we had on, dude. He's like I'm ashamed to say this, too. <laughs> this, Kutch brought this into my head. There was the one book that, the one guy that we had on the show that was busted for having child pornography in his computer. Oh. And I really did like that guy's book, and I really did like him as a guest. And it sucks that that happened because it's like I have to burn this book now. It, yep. It's a great. And I'm not going to mention who it was, but it was a great yep. reference book for fairy folklore. And it's like, yep. what do I do? I like the book, but the guy's a disgusting human being. So now, what do I do? Yep. You know, it sucks. But anyways, is there any next uh, question? Yep. Alice Bischoff, why do we get itchy spots in places we can't reach? <sighs> Love that. So there's places I can't ever reach. That's probably why. Why do we get itchy spots in places we can't reach? It depends what you're doing with those places that you can't reach, because maybe somebody else could reach those spots to therefore give you the reason to scratch them. Maybe. And if that's the case, whoever reached those spots that you can't reach should probably be the person that itches those spots for you. Now, Ooh. I myself have never had a situation where I've itched in a spot that I can't quite reach. Um, I'm thinking. I'm really trying to think right yeah, now. Yeah, you're putting way too much thought I in I am. This. There's smoke coming out of my ears. That could be because my headphones are going bad, though. Mm-mm. Next question. Yeah. Arnie, when laying back on, laying flat on one's back, can one sit straight up without bracing themselves up with their arms or using their legs slash feet for balance yes you can i can't do it now because i'm old and fat but i used to be able to do it when i was younger i can do something like that i can lay on my back and lift up my feet straight up in the air um but the upper half of my body is rather portly and rubenesque (laughs) thus preventing me from doing that in a proper way i've never been able to do that i've always had it always hurts my tailbone to do something like that Mm. Um, and I still can't think of an area that I haven't been able to, to scratch that itches. Um, Next question. <laughs> Jason Baruti, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? African or European? Exactly. We, he, didn't, he didn't ask which one, so we can't go any farther with that. Arnie again, do ghosts leave a mess when they consume real food? Yes. No. Ghosts don't consume real food. How do you know? When was the last time you seen a ghost? Last week. When was it eating? No. Okay. Have you ever seen a ghost eat? Yes. You've seen a ghost eat. I've seen it smash food. Yeah. Okay, that's not the same as I can smash it's food. Tr- it looked as though I it was can smash food while it. eating food. You've seen me do that. I have indeed seen that. It's terrifying. It's not that bad. Only for the crustacean. Yeah. I feel bad for that little bastard. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, Aaron, our own sweetheart Aaron. Aaron Botello, what's your take on black-eyed children's? I don't believe it. I don't think they're real. I don't know. Um, 
I don't. It's it's that is one of those like creepy pasta kind of phenomena that somebody reported, then other people eventually just came along and started reporting, seeing more of them. You're gonna catch so, so much crap to that right now. You know that, right? Me saying that I don't. I'm not sure if I believe in them or not. I don't know. I I. I oh, the fact that you said it's like a creepy pasta thing. Well, it is. It's one of those kind of things that once it gets put out there, people start reporting that they saw it. You know, it's 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 like uh, it's like when we had uh, talk, when we were talking about the flannel man, you know, his experience when we had uh, Timothy Renner here bring up the, ta- the flannel man. And then people started sending in reports of him saying, yeah, I've seen this kind of phenomena. It's a flannel. Man. The hat man is another kind of situation where people mm-hmm. report in uh, shadow people. You know, oh. all of these things are in that mercurial mercurial murk. OK, that's merc, mercurial murk of murka. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, melon heads, all of these things, they all kind of fit into that situation. So you hear people that see black eyed kids and want, you know, they're always like, let me into your house or whatever, but you never hear about what happens when they do let people, when the people do let the kids into the house. Right. Um, all of the reportings are usually, yeah, the person knocked on my door or they were staring at me in my car or, um, they had an itch they couldn't scratch or something oh, along those lines. Um, so, I, I mean, I myself right now, as, as I, I don't know if they're real or not, I lean to believing that, no, they're not real, but the possibility is there. So, I mean, me and you have both had experiences where if you try to explain them to somebody, they go, no, you're full of shit. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll leave the door cracked for possibility, but it's mostly closed on. Do I think these are real? Not, no, I don't, I don't think so. Mm, I think they're rubbish. I'm waiting for one to show up. Aaron Babel asks... Favorite board game? Oh, boy. <laughs> board game. Board game. Not tabletop oh, and not a table man. game. Board game. That's really hard to answer. As I Take look, them all. As I look to my right, I've got, that I can see, just see off the top to my right, I've got Ticket to Ride, Pirate's Cove, Mystery at the Abbey, Shadows Over Camelot, Relic Runners, uh, Cargo Noor. That was a pretty fun game when I played it last time. Um, oh man, I don't know. Formula D is a pretty fun board game. If anybody's is a racing one. Um, I picked up Munchkin Quest at a garage sale last week for really, really cheap, and that's a lot of fun. Um, Battle Lore. Um, I don't know if they're talking about role playing though. These aren't role playing. These are all board games. These are all board games. Not even including the card they had... game ones that I have. Uh, all the questions. Oh man, uh, Arkham Horror is a really fun game that's damn near impossible to win. It's that's a HP Lovecraft based one. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Never have guessed. Arkham Horror. Yeah. Uh, Talisman. Eh, Talisman. I don't know, man. I literally can't answer that question because I have so many. I, I'm such a geek with my gaming stuff that I can't. Uh, zombies. That's a fun one. Zombies. Yeah, you build a town. It, yeah, zombies. I get, I... It's fun. It's a great beer and pretzels game, but you can't. I'm not... Yeah. yeah, I can have pretzels. Yeah, you can have pretzels. I just, I don't, I've, I, something happened to me where I don't, I you don't know really why. like board games. You don't have the right people to play them with. I have a, oh, dude. Mm. You, yeah, if you I, had, well, you got, I sent you the, I, I think, yeah, I sent you, I sent you Munchkin, Munchkin Thulu. I can get yep, that up. I have it. Have still. you, you still haven't played it yet though, have you? Nope. That one you'll be able to play with your kids very soon. It's a fun one. And you, I could play it with my oldest now. Yeah. It's just, I don't have the patience 
you need to play with the right bunch of people. If you were if you were to play with me and my boys, you know, you'd probably have a lot of fun. I've got a couple of guys locally around here that listen to the show that I'm trying to get together and play with. And we're trying to do it over Lisa's house on the other side of town. We want to do a big board gaming night over her house and get a few people over there. But yeah, we haven't used no to play off. board games all the time. Yeah, but you and play boring was, board games. I don't know, dude. I used to love Stratego. So uh, yeah, yeah, I started there. Yeah. I don't know, man. I can't. I literally. I can't answer that question. I've got too many. I. I. How did I get laid? I don't understand how I did. I don't know. I, I, dude, <laughs> I was asking myself that question the other day. I'm like, dude, how did I? I was. I have never known a it's, cool day in my life. It's, so I. I got nothing. Jake and Tom from Jake and Tom rule the world. Who I was. I was hanging out with them yesterday. Uh, real briefly before after Comic Con, I went out and hung out with them for about 45 minutes, and they want me to come on their show or do a show with them of them playing games and stuff. But again, they live over an hour. One of them lives an hour and the other one lives several hours away from me. So I'm like, yeah, somehow or another we'll figure out how we'll do it. But they, they want to do a game show and they want me to come on and talk about different games and RPGs and stuff like that, because that is another big, huge part of my life is gaming. So whatever. We'll That's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that question. You, it's pretty easy. You don't play board games. Me, I have too many. <laughs> too many. I have too many. <laughs> See, and I got kids, so like little kids, and they want to play like shoots and ladders and shit. No, and no, I that's just... part of the problem. You're playing bad. You need to play real Ugh. intelligent. I love fun Monopoly. Games. Yeah. But I get, oh, dude, I get so mad because I just want to burn everything. Yeah, you're not playing with the right kind of people. For the most yeah. part, it sounds like you're not playing you with. Said the right that kind for of years about drugs too. So, uh, next question. Yes. Uh, Kathy Smith essay. Why does my family put empty containers back on the shelf slash in the fridge instead of throwing them away or recycling them if appropriate? Uh, it's human nature. Nah, dude, that pisses me off. My wife will do that. She'll put back like a spit of milk back in the refrigerator yeah. and the kids do the same thing. Yeah. Dude, I want to smash seals. Or, or, or a little bit left in a two liter where there's no carbonation left in uh, it. It's like, why did you do that? Or they'll just leave it out on the counter. It's like, why did you? And I, I'm not, I've now become guilty of that myself. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 like emptying the toilet paper roll in the bathroom and not putting a new roll of toilet ah, paper in. Dude, and then you started. start to itch and you can't scratch the itch. So moving well, on. That, you know? Tallulah Curry asks, why does it hurt when I pee? Oh, um, that could be a host of different issues. Because you're an unclean woman. <laughs> wow. Wow. I would state probably urinary tract infection. Drink cranberry juice. <laughs> that doesn't do anything. I right. love you, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Lily Yabo. Uh, how much of our personality is stored in our brain and how much comes from our soul? Could I have an NDE and slip out of my body and another soul come in and take up shop? It's actually a really good question. <sighs> yeah, it is. Um that can't really be answered though, because you can't define a, it goes into defining consciousness and it also goes into defining what is a soul. And if you believe in a soul, because that's if true. you believe in a soul, then your personality is attached to your soul. Cause when you move on, that's what you carry with you when you move on with your soul. Um, See, Alice Mil uh, Miller Bischoff, she actually answered it really well. And it's from a show called I survived beyond and back. Now, whether or not I, I, put credence in it it is uh it's interesting so if you get a chance look look that up i survived beyond and back okay it's actually interesting it does it's it's got a lot of uh it's head scratching do you remember the dream that i had where 
I was there were several dreams that I had, and I've talked about. It's been a while where I was on the road. It was a snow covered road, and there were tre- it was foggy, and there were trees on both sides. Yes. Yep. Well, there was the one time where I walked through the wood. I, I was like, I gotta get off this road, so I'd walk through the woods. Sometimes I'd come back to the road again, but there was one time where I walked through the woods and I woke up in somebody's body, laying in their bed, and the guy. I, I pushed. I don't know if I pushed the guy out of his body or what. And he looked down at me. He's like, "What? Are you, what the hell are you doing?" And he got really ticked off. And I was like, I, "I'm sorry. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't know I was here. And it's. I was trying to piece everything together. And then somehow I got out of the body and back onto the road again. And I was on. We were. I was on uh, Paratopia, I believe it was. And Jeff and Jeremy were trying to explain what had happened to me or whatever. Whereas I was just like, "Yeah, it was just a trippy dream or whatever." Because there's always the Indian that shows up in the red pickup truck, Native mm-hmm. American. I'm sorry. You know, there were usually I just attenuated to that. There were stress points of stress or change in my life. And that was the way that my subconscious was dealing with it. But I I woke up in somebody else's body and I'm like, it felt really weird. It didn't feel right and stuff. And I was just like and then I kind of looked over and the guy was sitting there going, what are you doing? You you, you, Mm. you're not supposed to be here. He was really pissed off, which I can understand. You sure. know, if I looked down and somebody else was in my body with my wife in bed, I'd, you know, I, I don't think I'd react real well to it. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be freaked or pissed off or a combination of both. But so um, it's a mm. difficult question to answer because it depends what you believe, where your personality comes from. Some sure. of it, it, I some of it, if, barring soul aside, if you don't believe in a soul, um, there's many, many cases of people having brain injuries and their personalities change. So. Is it just neurons firing in a brain? Possibly. And your personality is based off of your memories, which affect how you react to things. True that. Arguably. So it depends on how you want to look at it. Or is it a combination of both? Was it like the uh, Tootsie Roll? The world may never know. No, you can get it through three licks of a Tootsie Roll and then you bite into it. Yikes. That sounds like it's hurting. Okay, so this is the last question and it's actually like multi-part. Oh, God. From Lily again. God, I love you. Okay. We love you says, too, Lily. Yeah, no, I said that. Dude, what are you doing? Oh, I love you too, Lobo. You know, but wow. it's not, you know. Whatever. Don't say it. Uh, comment has been edited to remove insecure portion. <laughs> okay. If a male, I don't, if a human male had relations, in quotations, with a female Bigfoot, what do you call the offspring? My dad. I was say family. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it would be a viable it'd be viable for a male Bigfoot slash female human baby to be carried to full term? Again. That, again, that's there's a lot of varying factors there. If it is in fact a member of the uh hominid species and the chromosomes match up and I mean we can't have a chimpanzee baby. Correct. Because it won't be carried to full term, and they're our closest um, genetic match in the primate world. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, it has to you do had with the it. situation of Cro-Magnons breeding with humans, but yeah, but again, those are Homo sapiens or uh, Homo Homo erectus. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that have sounded there been fantastic. Direction, <laughs> <laughs> Wiener Pit. <laughs> have there been any recorded male Bigfoot slash female human babies? Not that I know of. Depends what tabloid you read. <laughs> That's true. I mean, there was, what the heck was that thing's name? They proved that he wasn't, he was all human. Uh, Ziff was his name? I don't his know. Name's Ziff? I don't know. Are uh, Bigfoot human hybrid sterile? I'm sterile now. Yeah, but it's because you got snipped. 
I did. They took away parts of my Vaz deference. Okay. Uh, and then it's asking <laughs> How do for I respect. even respond to that? Just properly the way you did? A giggle? But, dude, you're still intact, aren't you? <laughs> yes. My, my Vaz deference is still intact. <laughs> That's why it's called a vasectomy. That's the questions. Uh, okay. Those are all the questions. Wow. All right. So here's the deal. So feel free to email more questions to us. If now you'd that, like. Now that we've had everybody riveted in the seat of their pants, I am going to be out of town next week. I am going up to Ithaca, New York to be on Where Did the Road Go live in studio at the radio station. If you are on our Facebook page, I will post links to it. Um, so if you, you know, that way, if you want to go and listen live or something like that, I believe Soraya has some kind of a link where you can go to the station and listen live and you can ask questions on the air. And I just know that you guys are going to be jackasses, so please behave. Please, please, please behave, because I'm already no going to be. Ner- I've never sworn. At- well, we've been on the air before on mm-hmm. his show, but we've and never. And I didn't I- swear. Neither did I. And um, no, which but I can I handle. Didn't swear. I didn't swear. Well, we can. I, I know you can handle. I can handle it too. But you know, as everybody knows, I'm really bad about going on other shows. But I'm I'm doing this because it's like you know, what? I'm I'm just going to go and, and do this and see you know see how it goes. So. But next week's episode is going to be another episode of your Spark show that I have to get edited up and in the feed, which may drop a day or so earlier than normal just because I want to make sure it's done and out of the way before I head out of town. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on Where the Road Go next weekend. Uh, I got a nice little seven-hour drive ahead of me to get out there. And then uh, I'll probably be hanging out on Saturday night for where his uh, metal show, which is Last Exit for the Lost, because the the, the the pictures I've seen of that show are pretty frightening. Um, I've seen guys get thrown through tables, I think, and stuff like that. I don't know. Soraya assures me that I'll be fine and it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, I think that's it. Um, is there any parting thoughts here about Queen or anything like that that you'd like to bring up again? Or, or Oh, wow. Did you get any of that recorded? I may or may not have. You're a bastard. <laughs> I may or may not have. Wow. I don't know. Bicycle! Bicycle! Well, now I do have it recorded. Because <laughs> there were two things that we agree on. Queen either rocks or is really gay. Not that being gay is bad, as everybody knows, but there, there is a... I don't know. You either you either rock out with Queen or you you know you you accept sort of your part of your inner self with Queen. I don't know, but it's not that I, I like Queen a lot. I'm very interested in the movie that's coming out. I want to see it. Um, actually, I was back listening to a bunch of Queen songs today when I was doing stuff around the house because of the conversation that we had. Yeah, the playlist consisted of Queen and Rush. So. Wow, that's quite the mix. Yeah, well, not really. They're all progressive bands, you know. I think there might have been some yes in there and a little bit of Pink Floyd, too, you know. If you have an echo, ask Alexa to play One Hit Wonders. Oh, you mean an echo device? Okay, X. Okay. All right, we're done, folks. Uh, next week is going to be your show. I'll be out of town. I should also be on the Conspiracy Normal show within two weeks because I was on their show first before they were on here, but they're running behind. I'll be on Word of the Road Go next week, and your next episode will be up next week as well. So things mm. are going to be a little screwy. And then after that, I'm not sure if we'll do a ramble cast or an interview of some kind or another. We're working it out. I'd like to do another ramble cast with you, though. For the most part, I've got stuff hey. saved up, you know, and uh, maybe the new section of the show, which is first, let me take a selfie. But we'll get to that. Anyways, that's it, folks. Peace. We're out of here. Take care. Have a safe holiday. And that's it. Peace out from Detroit. Slobo from Connecticut. Brett, chowder. I'll kill you. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Bye.
I love bicycle. bicycle. I love lamp. Bicycle. I love lamp. Bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. bicycle. No. Yes. You you like the Queen song bicycle. bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. I love bicycle. I love carpet. I love desk. I, I want to ride my bicycle. I do. Oh my god. Wow. That is that is one of the gay songs. Queen has Dude, two I kinds of songs. They either rock or they're gay. Oh, yep. they're bugging me right now. Oh, they're on the other one. Okay, okay, okay. That's where they're at. All right. I'm gonna have the have to add these guys on this call. Like I love Queen song. I, I love Queen. I really do. They're one of my favorite bands. But there's some songs that I just can't listen to from Queen. Ah, dude, huge Queen fan. 